What up, everybody? This is the Brain vs. the Universe podcast. Um, thank you again for listening into this episode. Um, of course, we always have um, different avenues of being able to get in touch with us. So you can always comment or um, leave a question within our IG page, which is going to be Brain vs. the Universe um, pod. Um, where you'll be able to get any comments in if you happen to have any questions on what we're talking about today. Let's go ahead and drop into this conversation. So we're going to drop in in one, two, three. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Listen, we were in the middle of a story and it was so fire that I stopped everything and I looked over at Victor and I said, nigga, record this. So, Cole is going to start on a story. Cole works at a hotel. Of course, odd things happen at hotels. Just so you know some context on how we got to the story, we were talking about accidentally casting things to televisions. And Cole chimed in and said, oftentimes guests at his hotel accidentally cast porn to the wrong place. Then this came up. How was that for an introduction, motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now it's left to me to fuck it up. Um, <laughs> no, we had a guest who was trying to record himself. He put a... Uh, a he requested a handicap room. That way he would have an open shower that he re- could record in. And he, he placed a... Uh, <laughs> it was like a dildo that had like a flat square on the bottom of it. He put it on the ground in the shower <laughs> and videoed himself just sitting on this thing. He then checked out too late when he went and got breakfast. So when he came back, this was collected by the housekeeping, ha- housekeeping staff. Having to explain what... <laughs> having to explain... Like, he asked if we'd seen anything, and of course, we <laughs> <No>. had. <laughs> so, it was, it, was, it was just hilarious. I mean, stuff like this happens, and, you know, it's... Uh, people are... Uh, they'll amaze you. <laughs> Bro, that's... Okay, so, listen. When you say... So, he just sat on it? And how did, did y'all like play the video to see what was, is that how y'all got this information? Obviously you pulled the dildo out of the room. So yeah. it's like this guy had a dildo. That's funny enough on its own. All right, fine. Okay. The other part. No, we did not see the video, but I did see the camera and you could see the condition of the dildo. <laughs> <laughs> And educated minds can make guesses. <laughs> and my guess was precisely that he was sitting on it, videoing himself. And I'm sure he's like some sort of like cam dude. <laughs> what he look like, man? What he look like? He's just like a middle aged. So race and height. Like a tall Armenian guy. So. Wow. Like, think, uh, if you don't know, oh my. if you don't know what that looks like, <laughs> imagine like a Persian woman who had a kid with a Russian man. <laughs> that is, that is essentially in a Mo- Armenian. That's, that's, I'm not even, I'm being like technically correct, I think. Yeah, much. Yeah, I, mean, I believe so, yes. Exactly. Yeah, keep going. Wow. No, I mean, that was. What was his hair like, man? He had a lot of hair. <laughs> I mean, oh, this is this, this is just too oh, good. Man. This is the funniest thing I've heard in at least two weeks. Listen, if you told me that this guy was doing this and I didn't see what I seen, I would have said you were full of shit. Okay, this dude was like... Yeah, yeah this dude's like <laughs> black Mercedes, black on black... Got the got the hot chick in the car, get in the room for two or three hours. Yeah, I'm sure he's got a wife and kids. Was he like? Would you say he was a handsome guy? He just looked like a, a very hairy middle. I, I have no idea. Like he just he just looked like. 
Just a dude. Just a, just a, just a, a jag. Just another guy. Just another guy. Just a dude. <laughs> Sitting on dick. <laughs> he didn't have enough respect to clean it off. <laughs> just left it as he just like. left it like that. What a, I mean, that's neck. That's next that's, level. Yeah, like you don't clean. Like, that's yes. like. That's like if you like. I don't know. Nut it on yourself and just left, left it. it. <laughs> just walk. Just slept. Just slept in it. That would be fucking pathetic. Listen. Oh, listen. Man. The same day we had a meth head in another room who took a shit into a uh, towel. Put it on his finger and painted on the walls. And mm. he did this over a period of three or four days. Oh, and he had man. actually colored and we have like a, a like a mirage of like the Hollywood or downtown LA, like uh, the skyline. We'll have like a silhouette of that on the wall. Oh. He painted that in, like the white spots where the yeah. sky's at. With he painted that in with, with his feces, yes. Oh, God. <laughs> So this guy sitting on this thing is, is quite mild. Yeah. It's just funny. Holy shit. <laughs> it just gets warm. The, the stories, well, I knew it was going to be rough when he started the story with, so we have a meth head in the room. <laughs> what? Why? Can meth heads afford rooms? I imagine they're like Caucasian crackheads, like, you know, like. No, 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 no. <laughs> What's going on right now is everyone is eligible for this unemployment from mm-hmm. both the federal level and the state. So you have people collecting maybe eleven, twelve hundred dollars a month. I mean a week, sorry, a week. And they're also getting the twelve hundred dollars for the stimulus check. I know this because when they check in, I see the government card that they have. Mm-hmm. And it's been sent to them. It's COVID relief. That's what it is. And uh, but they have a pretty big stack of it. The problem yeah, is no COVID. The, the the problem <laughs> is, yeah, they're using it on uh Enjoy it. Yeah. Damn. They're using it to rent a room so they can paint the walls with <laughs> shit. <laughs> what the fuck? One guy. Um, one well, guy. I don't even know if I want to hear anymore. <laughs> he has... Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I feel comfortable saying this, but... Fucking, he, you gotta say it now. Yeah, it's no, right. he threatened to uh, murder... Uh, either me or the manager at the uh. property. <laughs> Did he, did, he, did he say, I'm going to murder either you or the manager? Tell me he said that. Well, no, he, he came out of his room one morning, and we all got into it with him. Um, he told me that he was, okay, this is what he said, and I'll, I'll tell you how I responded. I thought I did pretty good, but apparently I pissed this guy off enough, enough for him to want to kill me. So here we go. He, he told me that he was the Lord Mm-hmm. And that Trump was killed by Nazis, and he was sent by uh, Satan to come find the body. Uh-huh. And he said, uh, "Forget Jesus, I'm I'm Jesus, I'm here." And I said, "Buddy, I'm like back away because he's also he's also like approaching me very closely, and it's me and my <clears throat> anyway. I don't want to go into too many details mm-hmm. here. In the long uh, run of time, he asked me, "Do you?" He asked me if I accepted him as like. My savior? No. Yes. And, you know, I... Uh... Pause. Victor. What? What would you do if, uh, if you're in this particular predicament? And he just said, do you accept me as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as he's walking up to you with the crazy eye? Okay, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you what he reminded me of. <laughs> the guy was extremely, had this sinister personality. Like, mm. he was sober. Uh, big beard. Uh, that Charles Manson's type guy. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, does he have anything in his hands? Mm. No, he's he's he's. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. What do you mean anything in his hands? Like like a object. weapon. <laughs> Is what he means. Yeah. No, that could be used as. Yeah. Uh, he was just talking, just in like his nightclothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you accept him as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Your mother may hear this. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think I would. I don't, I don't you think would I'd say, say no? I'd instantly I'd, say yes. You'd sure. say yes. <laughs> sure. I would say, yeah. 
I'll tell you probably exactly what I would say would be something to the effect of, yeah, whatever you want, man. Just yeah. please don't come any closer to me. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, sure. You're my Lord and Savior. That's fine. Okay. Don't come over here, though. Yeah. Because I'm duffing you if you come over here. Well, that's definitely not what I said. I, I told the guy that, you know, essentially he needed to leave the property. And no, I didn't think that he was the uh, creator of the universe. So I told him that, and yeah, he wants to kill me now. So, um, so the moral of the story, guys, is being right isn't always the right way to go. All right, if someone says the Earth is flat, and El Chapo talks to them at night, talks to them at night, and they were from the fucking Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. please just acknowledge that person and move on. <laughs> Don't fight back that urge. Of calling them an idiot, mm. or trying to trying to make fun of them, or yeah. going into satire, avoid that <laughs> urge. Because I promise you, you might run into some dude like what's that fucking thing on Netflix? Uh, uh, don't fuck with cats. Oh yeah, yeah that oh, Luca, yes. that Luca that guy. guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Listen, this is this is exactly why I said I would just go. Yeah, sure, man, whatever you want. Because <laughs> you're you're just so not dealing with a, a sane person if somebody says something. Like that to you, it is. It isn't worth it. No. And here in LA, these motherfuckers are crazy. I have one homeless homeboy. His name's Loop. Mm. How did you like, come across Loop? <laughs> he's always in front of the gym. Uh, Cricket goes, "Hey, what's your name?" And he goes, "Loop." Huh. And she goes, "Loop." And he went, "Loop." <laughs> You make a circle in the air with his head. I thought that was the funniest that's, that's, shit. Yeah. That's <laughs> and she went, loop? And he was like, uh, yep, uh, you got it. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, this is hilarious. So that's my one homeless homeboy. Uh, but I don't get close to loop. Mm-hmm. Okay? Keep a sure because distance. Because loop sometimes just stands outside the gym and he screams. He just oh. screams. I told you about that one homeless dude who pissed on our towels. <laughs> yeah. You ever see him again? No. No. I'll tell that story one day. But a homeless <laughs> guy pissed on the gym's towels. Um, and it was very traumatic for my coworker. He also pissed on her purse. <laughs> I didn't talk to him about yeah. it. I said, go inside the gym as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. I made sure she got in. And then I went in and locked the door. And I left the towels with him because they were... Were his towels at that point. His towels. <laughs> he literally pissed on them. They're his. That's he how that works. His territory. Yeah. That's how the shit That's works. Shit. Those are his towels. <laughs> I can't believe we just lost a hundred towels to this homeless guy. Fuck, it's a cold world out here, man. Okay, anyway. So we got off on the dildo tangent because we got mm. off on a porn tangent because we got off of Doom. Mm. This is what I want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> The point that I was going to make earlier is that, and you, you said it before I could, is that this could be, this could be the Game of Thrones of like space opera type stuff, you know, like, and what I was thinking was Game of Thrones to Lord of the Rings could be this to Star Wars, you know, like similar themes, but told a different way and attempting to subvert expectations, which is a thing I keep hearing people say about Doom. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean it's going to be, right? It could be, like Game of Thrones didn't end up being the Game of Thrones to Lord of the Rings. It it was ass Mm -hmm. at the end. So you don't get that moniker to me because you finished so poorly. So So I'm just, my point is the movie Dune will just have to be very good in order for it to get take that, that type place. of moniker. Yeah. But with the source material mm-hmm. that I know a little bit of now, but I'm very interested in it. And Denis Villeneuve, who's my favorite director right now, I think it probably is gonna be great. And I think it could be what Game of Thrones was supposed to be. Okay. And so let's give a little backstory to what Doom is. So Doom is the movie that's going to be directed by Denae Villeneuve. Let's tell people why they should care first. Okay. Dune and... Uh, Dune and... What's Nolan's film that's coming out? Tenet. Tenet. Those two films are going to be 
the first ones to be dropped okay. when COVID-19 ends. Stockholders are already saying they're going to base opening the theaters back up depending on how these original blockbuster films are doing. They're no longer looking at extended universes mm -hmm. that already have built-in fan bases because that's not a good metric to see how many people are going to the movies. Yeah. A good metric is making an original film mm -hmm. that you spend a lot of money on because the, 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 uh, the budgets for Dune and uh, Tenet are like two of the highest ever. Okay. So if it doesn't go into the movie theater, they're, they're gonna it's going to be like a billion dollars worth of production value lost. Mm -hmm. so, so this is kind of... Basically, just going to be the pinpoint if this we is, continue with. This theaters. is going to be. This is going to be like the the fight that saved boxing or the the yeah, movies that saved stake. cinema. Yeah. yeah, what's at stake would be filmmaking. Period. As we know it currently, I'm sure somebody would make some kind of movie going forward, but not in, not the way that we typically consume movies mm. at a theater first, and then. That probably would change if these two don't do well. But I think they certainly are going to. Um, and I'm also just happy about, even if this is just uh, uh, win the battle, not the war type of thing, but I'm glad Christopher Nolan and Denis uh -huh. Villeneuve got those budgets and that they're the first two dropping after COVID. Like, how great is that? It's not Michael Bay. Oh, Right. No, oh, that's great. It's, it's great. <laughs> the gods have blessed us. But the problem is if we ever get away from filmmaking in that respect where there's a uh, way to make back market value based mm -hmm. on ticket revenue, uh, we won't have Christopher Nolan's and Denae Villeneuve's. Those guys are not going to go onto Netflix and make a film for $20 million. Yeah. They want to like go to the very extreme, in intense end of like as large a scale film as you can make, mm -hmm. which you can't make for cheap. It can't no. be done. And they like having a lot of times in a lot of time in between projects, practical. They don't like deadlines. They don't, uh, you know, they're very, it's very inclusive. Mm -hmm. I mean, exclusive, sorry. It's not very inclusive. And these are the things that make it so strong and make it uh, worth lasting. Like Inception is very, Inception is a very expensive movie to make. Interstellar is more expensive. We're talking about, you're, you're bringing in physicists. So for Tenet, we could talk about that for just a second. Whatever the plot device is they're using, apparently they brought Kip Thorne in, who's like, is a Nobel Prize winning physicist. Okay. Uh, to help explain something that in principle or in theory, if you had this technology, therefore you could possibly do this, mm -hmm. given the laws of physics as we currently understand it. They're going into that level of analysis to try to get you to buy into this concept. That takes a lot of resources. But back to Dune. I'm, I'm just excited, man. I'm really looking forward to this. And a, another point that we made earlier was about um, uh, this could be Star Wars to a, a generation of new people, you know, who maybe didn't see the original Star Wars when they were kids. And this new trilogy just ain't it. Yeah, this could be. Do you know how many how many movies they're planning on making? Did they say they're making multiple or just the one? Well, this time it's supposed to be only two that Denae Villeneuve has signed up for. Uh huh. Um, but from the way that the books seem like it could possibly be further than that, maybe yeah. a trilogy or. There's six books. They're just covering the first book in this first movie, mm -hmm. right? Right, and the first book is by far, uh, I'm still behind on the, I've only read the first book, so i got to be fair, but when you look at the first book versus the other ones, it's literally the size of The Lord of the Rings, or uh, The Hobbit, if, you, if you've read those novels, it's yeah. extremely large, and it's, it's, there's almost no point in reading the whole thing if you still have a lot of source material to understand, which I do, I mean, I, mean, I read through it, but, um, but I missed a lot. Hearing these analysis, they're able to break things down in a simpler way than I processed it when I read it in that moment. So, um, but yeah, the rest of it is is more or less about the the religions and the things that evolve after the events of Dune. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, that's uh, one thing I've always been attracted to in storytelling is world building. Having, an, I think that's why I like um, anime 
mm-hmm. so much in manga. Like it's, it always feels like it's this, it's, that's a different place than where we're at right now. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think when Star Wars at its best was certainly that. It felt like a galaxy far, far away. You know? Mm-hmm. Again, I, I'm very excited. That shit you were telling me about the worm. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. That is Tell just, them about the worm. Yeah. No, so on the planet Dune in the series, um, Dune is a planet that is, the, it's the only thing known in this region of space that has this, uh, this fuel they call spice. And spice is now the, um, the most expensive and valuable resource in the known universe. And it allows you to go the speed of light travel. It allows for extended human life, special abilities. It's pretty much, the, uh, the analogy would be the force in Star Wars. This was what brings the magic to uh, the Dune universe, is the spice. But it's protected. Protected's the wrong word, but on the planet of Dune, there is these worms that basically eat through the planet. And in order to mine any portion of spice off the planet, you have to deal with these, these worms. And it's an epic battle. And Pete, at, at one point, actually gets on the worms mm-hmm. and, and tames them and fights with them in intergalactic space against the, uh, the, the, the houses across the other planets that are coming mm. to kill him. Okay. He uses those worms in battle. But they're not, they're not, worms is the wrong, <laughs> wrong, <laughs> worms is the wrong way of looking at it. Think more of like those dragons Almost in like ancient serpents. Chinese, the serpent dragons yeah. in like ancient Chinese folklore mm-hmm. without the wings, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They come out of the sea. Think about a long dragon, but it kind of still looks like a worm because it's going through the earth. Uh, you guys, if, if you've played God of War, you know the part where Loki and him are fighting. What's the... Oh, it's the um, Midgard Serpent that you're thinking of. Yeah, Jormagander, the, yeah. the sea serpent. Um, the giant snake. Uh, yeah, it looks like... It looks more, I would say, probably snake-like mm-hmm. than anything else. Because it's got one like hole in the front. It's mouth surrounded with serrated teeth, right? And then it doesn't see it doesn't have any other like distinguishing markings on the rest of it, does it? It's just skin well, after that. Well, he's he's spending Dene Villeneuve and his team is spending an entire year on all that details, the lifespan, the species, the subspecies, where it comes from, how it evolved, what it eats, how it sleeps, its purpose, its its like biological clock. Uh, they developed all that, and they've practically divide. They've basically engineered one like Mm -hmm. an animatronic one that they put you know you put it in a small room and it looks huge as hell and that room is supposed to be the world um yeah but he says it's going to be unlike anything ever seen in like a live action film before okay it's going to look like something straight out of fucking you know like i'm talking about like like uh god of war the particular scene scene (laughs) where the thing falls down yeah yeah It, it looks like something that's impossible to film yeah, and he's trying to go, it looks from the way that it's sounding like he's trying to go more practical with majority of his set. It's not going to be any, a large amount of CGI. Well, there's going to be a lot of CGI for space and the traveling. But for... Yeah. yeah, and well, in Denis Villeneuve, both him and Nolan, if they can do something practical, it seems mm-hmm. like they try to at least, you know? Um, and I think because of that, their movies are going to age far better. Like the Dark Knight, we'll be able to watch in in thirty years, and it's still going to look fucking cool when they flip the eighteen wheeler over. You know. Yeah. Um. So them going practical for this worm, uh, uh, dragon, snake thing. But <laughs> it's going to be a mixture. Man. It's going to be a mixture, like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Right. All mm-hmm. the all the orangeness and the impurities in the atmosphere that you're seeing. That's all CGI. Yeah. That's all digital. But they shot real 90 millimeter film for Ryan Gosling and then put him into it. So they're still using, it's not like the way they shoot Avengers, where everything's green screened and people are just looking at trees. You yeah. know, it, it's, it's actually filmed and then laced back over the top. It takes a lot longer to film that way and it's a lot more expensive. But I think the, the, it's almost like art when you're watching it. 
the the motions and like the the impressions that it gives you give you a feeling, a sensation that's happening. Nolan and Denae uh, Villeneuve, I think, might be the two best we have at creating a new atmosphere that you haven't encountered before. Mm-hmm. That's true. That we have working now. They do feel like, even from the tone of the films, they feel like different places, which is hard to pull off, I think. You know? Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't... They're set on planet Earth, mm-hmm. obviously. But... Right? Like, uh, Dark Knight, Inception... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sicario, of course. Yeah. Arrival. Yeah. Uh, they're all set on this planet, but they still somehow feel like a feeling of new, almost like yeah, like the the just the coldness all the way through mm-hmm. the dark night. You can just you you feel it. You almost see it. You yeah. know. This is what Denae Villeneuve said he took for inspiration for Pete, mm-hmm. the character that Timothy Chalamet. I think that's how you say his last name. Anyway, he's, he's one of the best young actors we've got. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, the, he's changed the story up a little bit because there's some ambiguity in the book. He didn't change the story up, but he's, the details that he's filling in, he's using uh, the Godfather story. The mm-hmm. Godfather was the movie that he kept watching over and over again. Mm-hmm. Watching the, the prodigal son that wanted to live a different life, but by fuck-ups and happenstances got sucked back into the chaos. Yeah. That's right. the that's the arc that he wants for his protagonist. Because he's the son of a duke. And the dukes and the emperors, they're the ones that are the high houses. Mm-hmm. So this is how it can become Game of Thrones. Because you're having like the Lannisters and you have all these houses like this. But it's in the future. But it's just as barbaric because it's space. Mm. You know? And... To start the Dune starts off with them having a war against artificial intelligence, general artificial intelligence. They have to use AI systems to travel at light speed because in Dune, it's not like Star Wars. It has a little bit of physics in it. If you travel at light speed, you're going to run into a fucking asteroid field at light speed and go into a million pieces. Mm-hmm. So you have to have precise precision to actually go. So the robots are the only thing that can do it. But these, these, these humans, they experiment on, and they put spice into them, this fuel that allows you to go at the speed of light. It can heighten your senses to the ability to where you can actually see, like Neo in the Matrix, going through space. You can navigate at the speed of light without hitting things. You can see past, present, and future before it happens, become godlike, manipulate matter. Um, so that's, that's kind of the universe building that's part of Dune, and I'm fucking pumped. Yeah, I'm very excited for it. Hey, y'all saw the new Tenet trailer. Tell me about it. Was it, again, does it, it seems like they're playing with time in this one. Um, that's what I kind of gathered from the first trailer, but does this further that? Does it negate it? What happened? Yeah. All right. So Tenet is the Christopher Nolan movie. It looks like from... What I saw in the trailers, it's kind of like they're playing with time, but at the same time, it's you're able to play with past and future. So I think in the trailer, we were able to see um, with what's the Denzel's Washington's son? What's his? Uh, John David Washington. Mm-hmm. And he's able to, they show a part where he's shooting a bullet. Um, the character that's instructing him is basically telling him you're not actually shooting the bullet, you're catching the bullet. So you're able to play with what is expected in the future, but you're also pulling from the past. So it's going to be very... (laughs) It's based on on Maxwell. The scientist Maxwell has the equations that give you electromagnetism. It's based on some sort of like uh, scientific field in which there's no entropy. So there's no energy force that's going out in any physical way. So you're warping space and time. Okay. You're sending information into the future or back through the past. So with this, you could essentially make small, small. you couldn't cut out huge pieces of space and time, yeah. but you can make just enough ripples to, to where you can back effect. up, where you can back up. Say you wanted to change today's outcome. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can change two or three things about yesterday. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be fucking cool, man. Oh, man. Oh, 
this is probably going to be another mind fuck like it was Cause for that's what I was Inception. like I, Nolan is one listen time travel is mm-hmm. like the the very generic way of putting what I think he's probably going to say with this movie but time travel is usually terrible no I, I think it's I think if anybody can handle it well is probably Nolan mm-hmm. at Inception he shouldn't have been able to pull an idea like that off yeah and he did really well same thing, again, we keep comparing Nolan and Villeneuve with Arrival. That was such a complex idea with language affecting how we perceive time, you know, and the way he told it, and you get the twist at the end. Oh, it's just perfect. So, yes, I want to see a Nolan time trial. Didn't they plan? You know, I must admit, I've still never seen Interstellar. Hmm. I know. I know. I'm sorry. All right. That's just another one we got to yeah, add to the little, list. another movie we got to watch. <laughs> Um, or I gotta watch but did they play with time travel a little bit in that I know there was like matter and shit right yeah, yeah so they you can go ahead yeah they did the whole uh, they went through the wormhole and just you know the whole the old experiment where you fold the piece of paper and push a pencil through it right yeah they they actually even use that example in the film mm-hmm. so they go through a wormhole they go to a supermassive they go through and up to a supermassive black hole yeah where it's like an event horizon and time's working at entirely different regularities than they are relative to Earth. So, like, there's a sequence in the film where they're down on a planet. Every hour spent on that planet's like 27 years. Yeah. On Earth. Mm-hmm. Or in real, t- well, real time's the wrong way. It's relative to that fucking black hole. Yeah. Because time's operating differently as it's being all the space, the time, the matter, the energy's being fucking sucked in to this, this, Fucking monster in the middle of the universe. Yeah. Um, but that's what happens. He, yeah, he goes he down there. Out. Spoiler alert. He goes down there. Mm-hmm. And they have a uh, malfunction with the ship. They come back on board. Yep. And, and 40 years has gone by. Yeah. And so his former daughter, who was like a child, is now a, what is it? She was like 80 years old. Well, no, no, no. That's, that's at the end of the film. Yeah. There's still the sequence where she's about Jessica Chastain's oh, age yeah, that she's, she's about. Now. Yeah. Tell me when. All right, so go ahead. Okay, so we took a quick break because we arrived at the idea that I didn't see Joe Biden's interview on The Breakfast Club with Charlemagne the God, one of my favorite people. And we just watched all 18 minutes of it. And it was, it was insane. And we didn't even get halfway through it before I started ranting about how the Democratic Party takes black people's votes for granted. This, this topic was introduced to Joe Biden. He responded to it by essentially engaging in the behavior that's the problem, mm-hmm. referencing things he did for some black people somewhere 30 years ago. Motherfucker, what's that got to do with me? Those people don't even give a fuck about that no more. That was 30 years ago, nigga. They, do, they probably don't even remember that that was you. Who gives a fuck? A, this motherfucker said he was a lifeguard at a black swimming pool, nigga. What? In the projects. <laughs> In the projects. Excuse me, bitch. That was his key point. What did he say? They take him to the dance? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He said, um... <laughs> Take him to the dance. <laughs> no, he said something to. They they asked him about uh, black people or whatever. <laughs> they were the ones. He said that black people were the ones who brung him to the dance. You can't forget yeah. who brung you to the dance or something. Yeah. Like that. Right, right. But it's almost like it's he's too old to even understand the reference about barbecues. Like you're invited to the barbecue. Yeah. Like he's going back to the gentleman caller age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They brought me to a uh, Valentine's Day dance yeah. with uh, the black people because I was so down with them. But they were moving fast and they got on the ground and it was cool. And uh, yeah. Uncle Joe let you pet his legs and then we got in the swimming pool. It was cool. And then we gotta know who's in the black caucus. And we were all endowed by you know the the, the thing. Yeah, yeah, the black caucus. I don't know. I, I'm guessing it's Jesse Jackson and fucking I don't know. I don't really give a damn who it is. Um, none of it had anything to do with what he was talking about. I don't give a fuck about this. Starting your interview. 
Have, have you guys seen Lincoln with Daniel Day-Lewis? Yes. Tommy Lee Jones' character. Okay, he's a duller version of Tommy Lee Jones' character. It, imagine if ben, uh, Joe Biden had a black wife that he secretly went to his house with and, and read poetry with every night before they went to bed, and he was trying to pass this new... That's the Black Caucus, right? His wife... Is the Black Caucus. Oh, man. Oh, my God. And we haven't even gotten to the best part of the interview. No. <laughs> the summary. The perfect summary. The ending. A perfect ending to this whole debacle. Hear my voice. Hear my voice. Mm-hmm. And my whiteness. And I'm going to tell you, you are not a black person. If you vote for Donald Trump... You're not a black person. <laughs> and listen, I don't like when black people say things like that. Yeah. yeah. Your race and your socio-political stances, do they have some connection, of course? Are they one and the same? No. No. Should I assume that you are less black or your experience is less black in America because you have conservative ideals? No. You know why? Because that is racist. To assume someone has a certain political ideology because of their skin color is racist. Wrong. (laughs) Wrong. Now listen, I can also say I am a black man who does not like Donald Trump. Wrong. (laughs) So, again, two things can be true at once. I cannot like Donald Trump, but I'm not going to call a nigga less black because he does. I just would disagree with him politically speaking. He's not less black than... That's fucking ridiculous. That is a ridiculous premise. That is racist. Period. I will hear no more on the subject. So for then a white guy to say it... It's like a double whammy. It's like doubly... And again, I said this before we started recording. But I think uh, Joe Biden is senile or has early onset Alzheimer's or something to that effect because his lack of self and social awareness is just, and Joe Biden was never, Joe Biden was always a creepy bastard, you know, like a little, like a weird uncle, you know, Mm -hmm. but he's your weird uncle. He's still charming in his own way, you know. He wasn't so socially inept to hear the word black and then just go, I'm gonna talk about the black agenda. It was like he had a cue in his mind just to, the second somebody Puppy mentioned asked me black. about black stuff. Time to right. go in on that. <laughs> I've had this monologue waiting for a and while. And the problem wasn't the crime bill. <laughs> it wasn't. It was the drug legislation. That wasn't the three, three strikes and you're out. Motherfucker. <laughs> Have you ever heard him talk about the double when he, when he debated Paul Ryan in 2008? He was talking about the, uh, 2012, sorry. He was talking about the double barrel shotgun. They were talking about Second Amendment rights, and he's like, I've shot a gun. I had a double-barrel, two-barrel shotgun. Boom. He did this on, like, national television. It was clear indications then that he was never the sharpest tool in the toolbox. Now he's losing part of his... So what you're arguing is that he was already off his rock. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and that guy deteriorated. (laughs) And that guy has... Alzheimer's or dementia. How does the Democrats continue to find people? Listen, the two people that can't beat Trump are the two people they that they got. Yeah. My no. God, the ineptitude. This should have been a layup for fucking Bernie Sanders, and this happens. This should have been a layup. I'm not a fan of Bernie Sanders either. I have my criticisms of his stance, but he should have been the candidate. He could have. I think he could have beaten Trump. Maybe. I'm not so sure, but I think he could have beat he would Trump. Be better. This motherfucker yeah. is not going to beat Trump. They got another establishment Democrat. The only way that was the, that was half their problem the first time. The only way he'll be able to beat Trump is if he changes his policies based on the COVID situation. So immediately when you get into office, you cannot be talking about the other thing. Like before COVID, everything else you plan to do in office, you should just forget about. What you should worry about right now is making sure people have health care. And that the economy gets going again to where the value of the dollars back up, um, new jobs are created, and you encourage people to take I hate to say this, but you have to encourage people to, to take risks and start businesses because that is the back small businesses are the backbone of the American economy. 
So yes, absolutely. If somebody showed up with that Andrew Yang thousand dollars a month uh-huh. uh, plan, in I think if people, I think Andrew Yang might have come along a little bit too early. I think if people would have heard that during coronavirus, that that was his yeah, main. I think that would have. I don't know if he would have, you know, shot past Bernie or Biden. Had a larger but impact. I think if he wouldn't have dropped out so early, yeah. it probably would have helped. Well, have you seen the shit Jeff Bezos has been doing? No. No. Okay, so he's set to be, this, this narrative's always changing, but he's set to be the world's first trillionaire now. I know I said this about Musk, but here's the problem. Amazon, the amount of gain Amazon's made ever since everything's been shut down, he's actually absorbing companies, but in a very criminal way, in my opinion, because the way he's doing is he's buying products from people who make products and selling mm-hmm. them cheaper than what he bought them for. He's literally forfeiting billions of his own personal money to, for, to bankrupt other companies. Here's the problem. He doesn't make the products. So he's going to cause, he's going to be a big product, part of the problem. He's going to be like the bankers who gave out all those fucking loans to the people mm-hmm. in 2008 and then it collapsed and there was all this empty money. He's basically going to absorb all these companies and it's going to be the emperor has no clothes. They don't make baby wipes and trash bags and all that shit. But they're out. They're out bidding the people that make it. But you can't build factories quick enough to get it back to the general public. And you're closing companies, and you're creating a monopoly. And as much as I like capitalism, sometimes these are. This is the type of shit that has to be checked. They did this to the oil companies back in the day. There was just Union Oil, mm-hmm. and they were basically the Rockefellers owned them. If you know anything about the Rockefellers, they owned the Rockefeller Center in New York City. Mm-hmm. They were more powerful than the president at the time. Yeah. They had fuck you money. The and then riches. we had to put in these monopoly clauses into our, uh, in, in, into the Supreme Court. Yeah, if you ever been to the Met, that's basically their home. Like Apple was allowed to exist only because Microsoft had to have a competitor. Mm-hmm. It's the way the market works. You have to allow for at least one competitor to arise. Coca-Cola had to have Pepsi. And people like Warren Buffett will be the ones that play the margins and make sure only those two people rise to the top of the, uh, top, top of the cream, so to speak. So like Tesla, there'll be another electric car company, probably BMW or one of these people who will, uh, who will rise up with it. But everything else will collapse. But Amazon is the only thing like it. It's the only thing like it. So this is a real issue. And I think we need more stores and more online stores than just Amazon. We need more YouTube. I mean, we need more sources than just YouTube. It's ridiculous that nobody's competed with YouTube yet. It's not like they're doing anything exceptionally well. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I think a lot of people would argue that they're doing a very poor job, um, especially with their with their copyright rules. There's a lot of trouble people have with it, you know, trying to make certain kinds of content, um, and also their their payment system, where you know, YouTube is making money hand over fist. But if anybody else wants to make some serious money, the amount of views you have to generate is just fucking through the roof. And if a video gets blocked for some reason, mm-hmm. then you lose that revenue. It's just poof, gone. Completely gone. You know? So. Yeah. Well, I mean, with the way that we were talking earlier about the, well, Spotify being maybe the next competitor for it, um, with them acquiring Joe Rogan's podcast. Turned the CEO of Spotify mm-hmm. into an extremely wealthy multimillionaire into yeah. a billionaire overnight. Because it raised the, the price per share. And then the company split, I do believe. Mm-hmm. So say it was 10, 15 bucks to get into it. It's like yeah, 20 no, or 30 now. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and, and those numbers, you have to go look at the specific numbers. But it yeah. went up by over 15%. Which on the margins, if you own 60% of shares, they go up 15%. And it splits. So now you got, you have, so you had uh, 30 shares and they have 60. And they're $60 a piece and you got 60 million shares. Like... You start doing the money, and then maybe you buy more shares once you have more money to spend with. And I'm sure he's doing all that, like moving around money. And uh, there's incentive packages too, like um, like Rogan with the signing at Spotify. Spotify is now going to be the best place for podcasting. Bottom line, all the other good podcasters will follow Rogan and look for contracts. He's the first podcaster ever to get essentially like a radio deal, like uh, Howard Stern got with uh, XM. That's exactly what's going on here, except for Spotify 
He's a far, it's a far more efficient system than Exxon could be. Because Exxon's still satellite radio, still really expensive. Mm-hmm. Spotify, everyone's already on it because that's how yeah. they consume most of their audio and music anyway. Uh, so it could easily become a competitor for Apple and uh, for Google, Google, YouTube, yeah. Man, fuck. God bless Joe Rogan, man. Changing, changing the game. game. Completely changing it. With that deal, it's going to change a lot of what could yeah, be next for a podcast for... Well, you know, they said one of the deciding factors is since COVID started, you see Jimmy... And I, I like most of these guys, but let's uh-huh. just be honest. Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Col- I mean, Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Conan O'Brien. Yeah, they're all doing podcasts. Yeah. And they have a significantly less interesting product than what Rogan has with his, with his podcasts. Mm-hmm. You can tell when Bill Maher. I mean, yeah. you oh. can see without yeah. having people in their ear, or screenwriters or whatever. And it's not because they're not clever. They've just been doing it a certain way for so long mm-hmm. that the moment they're like, okay, just talk about simple things and just have conversations. That's why when you see... Ben, uh, Joe, Joe Biden, I was about to say, oh, Biden, like Sarah Palin, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Joe Biden, that's when you see him on The Breakfast Club, you see a guy talking like not a real human being. You see a guy yeah. going like, now in on my second year, I plan to do X, Y, Z. You're seeing a guy just go through those political talking points that they rehearse in the back room. And he's supposed to be on a podcast. Yeah. So it's, it's, you're seeing these two worlds collide. And it's the old way and it's the new way. Um... There's no reason to do a monologue at the beginning of a podcast. New rule today: when you're sitting outside and you see a bird, do not shoot it. <laughs> right? New rule today. You know, I'm making fun of Delmar. I actually like Delmar, but I'm not a fan of like he needs his audience to show, he needs his guests, he needs the debates on the show. Him just doing interviews is not. That's not his forte. Yeah. yeah. And so that's the thing. Do you think that I guess so in the future? Do you think that there will be a need for daytime talk shows, any of this? Well, yeah, they'll just, no, they'll still just be, become something different. Yeah. Yeah. You're still going to have Ellen's and Oprah's. They, those people still rise to the top of the cream. Those mm-hmm. are exceptional people who really connect to people in this kind of thing. They, they have such emotional intelligence, I have to say that. I'm always like taking small shots at people that are running things. But if I'm being honest, they feel like family members that have been around for so long. Mm-hmm. You're still going to have people like that. I don't see why they couldn't rise to the top, whether it be on YouTube or Spotify. It's just going to be yeah. Yeah, on YouTube and Spotify instead of on, you know. Daytime television. And who knows how long it's going to be before ABC starts going to YouTube and Spotify for talent mm-hmm. to give a show to, you know. Well, that's essentially what Spotify is doing with yeah. Yeah, the the web talent. They're yeah. paying him. That kind of money to do to run the same podcast that he runs. <clears throat> yeah. So you're seeing the change happen right now, and we've talked about COVID speeding this process up. I think that's totally yeah, with everybody staying at totally home. Totally happening. Yeah. I have no doubt that this was something he was talking about doing, but the fact that it's going to happen this year, yeah, I, I bet you it has something to do with this. Everything that's going on currently. Right. It's yeah. it's it's just if you're not, uh, who was talking on all the smoke podcasts the other day? He was talking, someone was saying something like, if you're not planning to like make a business or invest your money or do something with all this extra time you have to fucking think about stuff. Yeah. If you have, if your intention is just to walk back into the world the way it was yesterday, you're fucking you're moron. Your time. You know, you're a moron yeah. because, well, you're wasting your time, but you're a moron because the, the world's going to change. Probably going to not be as many movie theaters, many yeah. nightclubs, sporting events aren't going to happen. Most, probably this year, we won't see any football. I think that's where we're going. I think we're not going to see big concerts and venues. You're not going to be able to go to, to the rave that you want to go to this year. You're not going to be able to go to fucking Maui. And if you do go, good luck. Everything's going to be closed. You're, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be saying stupid shit like this is unconstitutional. You might be right, but it ain't going to change anything. So why fret? What you should do in the meantime is you while you have time, fucking plan. Like yeah. there's advantages to be taken care of here. I mean, to take an advantage of here. And if you don't do it, others will. I know I shouldn't have their intention on fucking taking advantage of this stuff. Yeah, it's the yeah. most opportunity time. That's what I fall back to in, I had this whole full same discussion slash debate um, maybe two weeks ago now about like, you know, well, is, is it so wrong if I just take this time to, to, you know, rest and find myself and all? Sure. 
<laughs> sure. Yeah, it's totally fine. Here's the, yeah. the issue with it is that there's people like me, a lot of them, mm-hmm. who instantly went into hustle mode. Yeah. Like, or like, how, what, what is this thing that I do now? It's going to look different soon. So what's the next iteration yeah. of what what's I do? Build? How yeah. do I, you know, like, so you can, you can stay in the exact same place. You can take your time to figure out the, the meaning of life mm-hmm. and all this kind of shit. But I'm going to, I'm going to take this time to work yeah. and we'll see. And I didn't already told y'all how this shit worked out already. I made more. I made more money during coronavirus than I did pre. Yeah, yeah. I've been fucking hustling. I agree with that. L- let me let me say this as a tie-in to what you're talking about, like in terms of the psychological factor of let me find myself, take it easy. Um, I have a personal confession here. I have obsessive compulsive disorder, and I know the worst thing that I can do for my mental health is, and I say I have OCD. I don't mean it. I mean like technically I do. Like mm-hmm. it's been an issue I've had since I was a kid. Uh, I'm sure over the course of this podcast, maybe I'll talk about it more. But the point is, you do not retreat back into yourself. You have to expose yourself to the things that make you uncomfortable. And you have to change your thoughts around the anxieties around you, the pressure. It's kind of like when you take the stage, or you're on the mound pitching, or you're playing a sport, or you're playing the cello. I don't care what it is. Whatever you're doing at an intense rate, you're blocking out the outside world and just living in that moment. Mm-hmm. It can be fucking terrifying. Yeah. But that is how you make growth. And so, right. Yeah. I, exactly. Definitely. I think that uh, I use weightlifting as an analogy a lot because I'm a personal trainer. I've got a master's in exercise science. Fitness is a big part of my life, of course. Um, but when I first started, part of what attracted me to it was that like I saw direct correlation between the amount of work I put in and what I got out of it. And I think that was one of the first times that that kind of registered in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later it became more so like a metaphor, like muscle growth occurs when damage happens. Damage has to occur. If you, uh, I wrote an article about this, if you take an anti-inflammatory drug, ibuprofen, for example, Mm -hmm. after having worked out, you largely almost totally nullify any muscle growth that could occur after that workout. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, And I never connected the two things, but there's studies on exactly that, like taking anti-inflammatory drugs and its impact on muscle growth. And it Mm -hmm. totally stops it because it is an anti-inflammatory. It removes the inflammation. And we've totally all done that. Yeah. yeah, I think as culturally, largely, we've removed inflammation from mm-hmm. society, right? Like the the I told you, I use uh, the analogy for research that it's it's like an idea forged in fire. It goes through thing after thing before you get to study in front of you. Even if it's not a very well made study, it went through hell to get in front of you. People have very very smart people whose one job in life is to tear apart research, mm-hmm. to critique it. The lead, everybody had that English paper that covered in red when you got it back, yeah. right? This is that times 100. Right, it's called, isn't it called like the criterion of attestation? It's like you have to find two independent sources that come to the same conclusions without prior knowledge, right? Right, yeah. exactly, for it to pass. Right, and more than two, probably. Yeah, four, five, six, yes. seven. And then you've got like even institutional review boards who uh, critique the the study from the perspective of is it safe, mm-hmm. is it sound, yeah. yeah, is this going to cause harm to the subjects, <laughs> and if it registers as this could be harmful, now you could perceive just about anything as harmful, mm-hmm. right? Any psychological research done could probably be considered. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. so even that. Anyway, again, I think it has more value because it went through some shit. That's an idea that went through stuff. And I think people are largely the same way. I think the way you find yourself, I think this is where I disagree mm-hmm. on the whole thing. I'm totally fine with you finding yourself. That's great. That's beautiful, right? I think the way you find yourself is through the hard part. It's yeah. through toil. It's through, you know, dealing with shit. 
we talked about when this corona thing happened, how we just kind of went, all right, well, there's another thing to deal with. Yeah. I think part of that was dealing with the hurricanes as kids. This shit ain't yeah, as bad I mean, as those fucking hurricanes were. No, that's the thing. And Sitting in a car for fucking 10, 15, 20 hours. I, I agree with that 100%. I've got a couple of personal hurricane stories that, that just zeroed me out. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just remember thinking it was like, uh, before and after the storm is the way that you calculate your your life. Yeah, it's like the right. Meme of yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I you had it. it you were out in Sabine Pass, so you had it worse than we did. Yeah. You know, we largely got lucky, um, but it was still like the whole our whole town was. Our whole town, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and it never like, quite came back. No. The way it was. They're they're only just now. Yeah. They were only just now building a lot of people only got houses rebuilt as recent as what, 2014, 15, something like that. Somewhere around that time. But that that's the storm hit us in a way where we kind of understand the idea of like, okay, failure brings growth. And in 2005, you had Katrina, Wilma, and Rita. Yeah. Yeah. So Florida, Mississippi, New Orleans, and Southeast Texas were. Level. Then I came. The closest analogy I can give to people, like on the West Coast, is like in '87. They had the big quake in San Fran, yeah. along the San Andreas fault line, and you had a lot of casualties, yeah. bridges down. You had it was the last houses coming off the mountain. Yeah. yeah, this was two of those within what? What was it? Seventh and tenth grade. See, that's how I remember them. Seventh and tenth grade. Yeah, about a so three years apart. Yeah. I remember Barack Obama was just getting into the White House while we were coming back into school for uh, uh, after Ike in 2010, yeah. right? Yeah, that's, that's or 2009. Nine. 2009, yeah. yeah. But he was actually the inauguration was like right around the same time. Yeah, around the same time we started back. But it felt just like this: uncertain. Is this the end of like going to school at this location? Are they going to reopen? What's the economy going to be like? And in many respects, Southeast Texas has never recovered from these hurricanes. No. I would argue they have not. Uh, Fucking they removed Mardi Gras. That was the last thing I would say. Yeah. Was Mardi Gras. We had Mardi Gras in our town. That was the only like thing that would happen there. Um, but they never put the yeah. seawall on Sabine Pass. No. Something that was lobbied for for years. Yeah. yeah. So they never fixed the Road 87 going to, to Highland. Yeah, they brought a lot of money. And I understand there's space. environmental concerns. Here's but the issue. I don't want to hear anything about environmental concerns when, and this is probably going to get me in trouble, but you have the biggest uh, codifier of liquid natural gas on the planet mm-hmm. there in Sabine. And you have Valero, Chevron Phillips, all these plants. Now, I understand how great it is for the economy, but I don't want to hear anything about the fucking environment. environment. It's arguably the most destructive zone in the United States, just per per kilometer. Mm -hmm. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a good point. I can agree with that. But they're worried about killing some alligators by building a road. That's yeah. the that's the that's the, the level of like this is the issue I have with the government in general. Mm-hmm. The ineptitude we talk about this all the time for being able to evaluate situations and complex problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I tell, this is why I, I respect everyone that's a vegan, for example. But I do tell you, if you think that turning all animals loose and they won't come in your backyard is going to happen, it won't work that way. And that that won't have serious consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, your little dog, uh, your little dog oh, will get snatched up. The only way for that to work yeah, yeah. is you know? to move everybody to the cities and put us in bubbles and then let the animals have the rest of the country. Is that reasonable? Now, I think you can be a vegan and be against uh, uh, factory farming and be very uh, moral. Reasonable. And reasonable and still uh, let people hunt and keep down the invasive species and, and the necessity, necessity of life. Mm-hmm. We are part of evolution as well. So we have to be part of that chain of destruction, unfortunately. It's part of our Exactly, life. yeah. And y'all ain't seen them goddamn hogs. Not at all. That's why y'all don't know. That's what I'm talking about. Hogs. Them rat- fucking things. Them fucking things are different. <laughs> if you live in Minnesota, yeah. you know, and a bear comes and, and kills your kid Shit. in the backyard. It isn't a bear. A bear is not you a ain't gotta, Yeah. No. Yeah. Not you ain't got to get to my kid. I mean, if I, if you if it got to my dog, I'd probably start shooting. Right. And you can still have bear populations. It's just if you don't control them, mm-hmm. then it fills back up. There was something like, uh, you know, 10 million years ago. You know how many species were here? Someone said, I was watching something on a podcast, and they were talking about, uh, uh, like, beavers the size of 
of like small electric cars. Jesus. What? <laughs> and this is how the vast majority of water in the United States, so at one point in time the United States was 8% fresh water. It's less than 1% fresh water now. And they think that these... Because these giant beavers? <laughs> no, they, they were creating dams in natural reservoirs that were flooding states like the valleys of California. Yeah. So think about in between the hills filled with water in certain areas. Now I'm talking millions of years ago. Yeah. yeah. But they, they believe that was uh, what birthed all this. There's a lot of novelty here of like how did the berries get over... Uh, like they didn't, they didn't come over with the dinosaurs or they didn't through continental drift. Yeah. They come over like every other mammal did, like we did. Yeah. Yeah. The fucking land age. I think all that shit's interesting. But needless to say, I don't give a fuck about the environmental concerns about that road simply because in the grand scheme of things... It hurt. It, 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 would, help, uh, it would help bring some life back into yeah, help the economy, yeah. that sure. area. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, so I say all that to say, uh, I, don't, I don't think you should run away from, you know, the rough stuff. We all deal with it. It's part of it. I think uh, running toward it has been more rewarding for me personally. Mm-hmm. Well, there's this old saying that you go towards like, you know, Bruce Wayne goes into the cave to metaphorically to, to face his fear of the bats. There's, if you just go, like that's saying like the only thing to fear is fear itself, that is actually like a mantra from like Buddhism. Like once you get to the level that the only thing you're worried about is being worried, mm-hmm. then you can dissolve your ego that feels like it's going to survive forever. Like you accept your mortality, you accept yeah. that, hey, here's the stakes, and the worst thing you can do is fail. And uh, I think that's not the worst thing possible. I think what's worse than failure is... Uh, Never trying. Expecting a second life, mm-hmm. hoping into the eternal. I think, I mean, it's an okay thing to hope for, but it don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold your breath or bet all your guineas on that. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I hundred percent. I agree with that. I hundred percent agree with that. There's that whole thing like live humbly, you'll be rewarded humbly. I don't know if that's exactly true. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's beautiful, and I wish it were the case, but yeah. the, fucking, the moment you get out of high school, the moment you get out of college, whatever it is that first day you step on the job, mm-hmm. uh, you're immediately back at the bottom of the totem pole in terms of respect. you got to earn it. You are uh, just an argumentative, cockwise kid that has some ideas, mm-hmm. and you're better off not saying anything. Or you're somebody that just follows in line. Either way, it's, it's, uh, uh, I'm not sure those old mantras and those old... Like, you look at the middle class. It's just shrinking. Mm-hmm. And we keep saying the old, we keep saying the same song and dance to save it. We can pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, all this type of thing. I'm not, I'm not so sure. Eventually, we're going to get to the point to where computers, and I don't mean artificial intelligence. I just mean there's not a need for a vast majority of what we're doing. Like, we're, we are inventing ways to make money. Mm-hmm. But it could easily be X'd off. Like if your money's based on your appearance, like let's say, okay, here's one for you. Let's say Instagram and Facebook. Let's say Mark Zuckerberg, who's being sued all the time, who's, on, who's certainly going to lose a lawsuit in the future, mm-hmm. which might make it to where Instagram has to change its uh, guidelines. Yeah. What happens if Instagram has to go through the same regulation that Facebook did after the election? Well, now all the bots and every chick that's on there wanting you to buy their their, uh, OnlyFans accounts Mm -hmm. are no longer allowed to get on the damn thing anymore. Well, that's an entire form of economy gone. Yeah, that's going to... You know, selling fucking Instagram clothes. And this also applies to men who want to sell protein powders, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's just be ready for the changes in the market. And I have no doubt this is coming. It's too much power. You're having people make money that's not being taxed on the internet. I think it, we're getting very close to where our data is not free anymore. It's just it has to be that way. We are de- illegally downloading all the information on the internet, mm-hmm. not feeding back into the to the capital, you know, into the capital that created the content. Yeah. So there is going to be an oversight that's going to happen, and people like the companies of Facebook, Twitter, uh, Facebook owns Instagram, uh, Twitter owns Cash App, mm-hmm. all these ways of trans uh, of sending and receiving money yeah. off the grid. That data is going to be available to the United States government, and the IRS is going to start taxing it, and people aren't going to know how to file taxes for every little 
fucking yeah. thing purchased online. So just make sure you're building products that are sustainable in the long term. So whatever business plans you're thinking about doing, make sure it's a necessity. If it's totally based on some fad online, it's a bad idea. That's my two cents. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about like building up my presence on everything. Yeah. I think as long as you have your hands dipped in it all, mm-hmm. you can know where it's going. But yeah. if you dip your hands too much, like where you call look, in. Look at the Kardashians. Yeah. Their empire is, is, is slow. Their star is slowly fading with age, right? Yeah. And I don't mean this as a negative sense. I'm just saying like we are about to hit, hit an age of like techies are about to become the new rock stars. Look at it, man. Yeah. I told you Jeff Bezos is going to be a trillionaire. I think he's a sleazy car salesman, but that's, that's neither here nor there. So just things change. Yep. No, completely agree with that. So we're gonna end the episode right here. Next time. Huh? Nah, fuck all that. This shit is real over here. One hundred percent unedited, real shit. That was one hundred percent needed to be said. That needed to be said. So we're gonna head out from here. So everybody, say their goodbyes real quick. Um, of course, you can always touch base with us. Um, we have yeah, share share this content. Like uh, yeah, we need. We're trying to right now. We're still really just figuring out what we have. Mm-hmm. We think it's a cool thing. We don't want to define it yet, but uh, like emails, like yeah. in the description, like link link an email for the podcast. Yeah, just in case people don't want to comment. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm that way. I like to like interact with the people. Yeah, personally. Yeah. yeah, perfectly. Um, outside of that, does anybody want to say yeah? Anybody else have anything to say towards it? Hey, man, y'all just be good. Stay safe, and we're going to get through this shit, but it is going to be a rough process. But I think as long as you're... Don't take too much information at the negative end and just focus on uh, focus on improving you. So you've got a lot of spare time to do it. Uh, I wouldn't worry about, you know, beach laws. Yeah. That's not the thing to be concerned about. Yeah. Yeah. Or whether you should be wearing masks or not wearing masks. I mean, Jesus Christ. Get your shit ready for, for the real part. What's coming. Which yeah. is the economy. It's going to need people ready to go to work. Exactly. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Be safe. Thank you all.